0: Welcome to the Good Endeavor Short-Term Rental Show. I am your host, Mark McDaniel. And today I am pumped that we have Blake Rocha on with us. Super inspirational guy, super young, crazy successful, incredible coach, incredible entrepreneur. And I cannot wait for you guys to get to learn more about Blake if you already haven't heard about him. We are helping owners create cash flow and pay down their mortgage while our guests feel like a millionaire for the time that they stay with us. It's no secret that focusing on others' outcome ultimately leads to more income for you and your company. Welcome to the Good Endeavor Short-Term Rental Show. Blake Rocha, after that elaborate introduction, welcome to the show, man.
1: How are we doing? Thanks for having me.
0: You're definitely welcome, man. Um I have uh I've known members of your family for a little while now, and you and I know each other a, a little less well, but I'm excited to get to know you more on this podcast. Um, can you kind of go back in time? Like before you were Blake, Mr. Ford eight, who has tons and tons of social media followers? Before all that, give us a little background on what what maybe childhood looked like and then um how you got into this space
1: yeah absolutely um i think that the best way i can describe childhood was um in terms of from like the business perspective is i've always been this hungry entrepreneur kid. I was just looking at a video before a few minutes before this podcast started that a friend of mine sent me. It was uh, in early high school. I was a freshman in high school, I believe. And I'm talking to the camera and I'm, I'm explaining how I'm going to become a millionaire and how other people need to get on this train because if they don't then they're going to miss this opportunity uh, and it's just it so it's just always been something that I've been interested in not just for the money but I've always had this knack for being a salesman for for creating uh for building for uh, not necessarily the organizational or structural side of things but always from that creative standpoint uh, as it relates to business and and at the end of the day it's really come down to marketing as well uh, earliest, you know, my, I'm from Visalia, California, which is about an hour between Bakersfield and Fresno. If you put your finger in the middle of California, it is, uh, it's it's right there. It's farmland, it's dairies, it's cows. I went to a small school called Central Valley Christian graduate, um, uh, graduated with 60 kids in my, in my graduating class. Uh, maybe, maybe 58, something along those lines. Family was amazing. I mean, my family, incredible. They, they, Instilled the most incredible values in me. Amazing grandparents. Um, you know your typical middle class family. I think my mom worked at Costco for thirty five years. My dad worked at the Corcoran State Prison for uh, twenty five years, I believe. And wow. uh, you know they they did. You know as I look back, they did everything that they possibly could to provide the best opportunities for us to teach us about money to teach us about budgeting times were a lot different. We didn't grow up with a ton of money, but I definitely learned the value of working and, and, and the tools that the tool that money is and what it can unlock. If you were to, you know, expand your mind and, and, and see that there is a lot more out there than this little bubble, you know, that, that we grew up in. So, yeah, I had a, no, no complaints on early childhood, played soccer, traveled, traveled uh, the United States, ended up traveling the world playing soccer. And uh, it was just an incredible, incredible childhood.
0: Man, there's so many questions out of that, man. That's, that's really good. I've, I've got two little girls and sometimes they say the hardest part of parenting is just don't mess it up. So your kid will be naturally creative and your kid will have natural pro- proclivities like you do, like you're an incredible creator. And obviously, you have an incredible work ethic, and that was passed down traditionally from your parents. So when you're a freshman in high school, you believed that you were going to be a millionaire. You just believed it. Like nobody told you you couldn't. Where did that come from?
1: Yeah, I've always thought it was interesting when you read these these typical come-up stories of teachers and parents telling you that you're never going to be anything. I had the exact opposite uh, experience where... Teachers, friends, family always were just instilling so much confidence in me that I had something. I had something, right? I wasn't the smartest uh, in terms of of school stuff. Uh, I I didn't love school. I, I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. I just didn't really pay too much attention to it. I would, you know, it, w- with yeah. I mean, I, I was not the smartest in school. Uh, I, tried, I, tr- I, I tried relatively hard just to make sure that I got these grades because I knew that I wanted to go to college. But at the end of the day, I had this the – the best way I can describe it, whether, whether I was at highs of my life or lows of my life, was there was never a moment where I did not believe that I was going to be one of the most successful people in the world. I, I, I still believe it till this day. I still have this overwhelming sense of like this aura about me that it doesn't matter if I'm at this low. It doesn't matter if I'm experiencing, um, you know, sickness and health and some of the things that happened later down the road where my life completely got turned upside down. It didn't matter. It, uh, or if I was working a job that I knew I didn't want to stay at, serving takeout, selling used cars, doing real estate cold calling, stuff that just was, uh, you know, in the trench type of work for 11 $12 an hour. I always knew that there would be a point where I was going to have an opportunity, a true opportunity that I was going to create that was going to change my life forever. And I, and I think that if more people thought this way, And more people were open to this type of thinking that when that opportunity does present itself, and it's not just going to present itself from, you know, out of thin air, you have to go out there and create these opportunities, shake hands, meet people, try and start things fail at things, not be afraid to fail at things, you know, get used to people saying no to you because when that one yes comes, when that one business kicks off, when that one opportunity is there, you have to be able to go all in and recognize that you have a short window of time to, to expedite compounding right? Like expedite, go from zero to 10,000, 10,000 to a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand to a million. And, and, why not think bigger when, you know, why not think bigger? So that's, that's my kind of my mindset. It's always been there. It, it, it definitely wasn't as flushed out and as well thought out as it was now, but I, I do go back and, and recognize, um, and, and re- recall c- conversations with people that were like, Hey man, like, why, why aren't you stressed out? You, I was on, you know, I was on EBT food stamps in college because I just was helping to pay for school. Again, my family doesn't come from a ton of money, and so yeah, like I, w- I was a little embarrassed about stuff like that where I, I just didn't have a ton of money um, at at certain points in my life. But it didn't ever stop me from, you know, believing wholeheartedly, deep down, and manifesting this this future uh, that that you know ended up you know where we're at today
0: like that, man, that is so good. Do you think, I mean, did you have a mentor along the way or do you do you attribute a lot of this to like a God-given gift for of mindset or do you attribute a lot of it to just being in this secure, loving home that no matter what you did, how, how well you succeeded or how bad you failed, somebody always loved you. Like you always had somebody to fall back on and that's why you just kind of knew. Like it wasn't like, It it wasn't like this upcoming story. It was just like this, you had this strong basis. And where I'm going with this is there's a really good book by Malcolm Gladwell called David and Goliath. And he talks about how like a, a really, really high percentage, I forget the exact percentage, a really high percentage of very, very wealthy people in the United States had a learning disability as a kid. And it has nothing to do with the learning disability. It has everything to do with overcoming hard stuff. Because also a really, really high percentage of prison inmates had a learning disability as a kid. And so a lot of it is the structure that you grew up in. So if you have a great family structure and you have a learning disability, you just learn how to fail and then you're encouraged to like fail again. But if you go through your whole life and you've never had to fail at something and you become an adult and now failure looks you in the eyes, it's hard to overcome and so um it I'm projecting on you, so i'm is this, this supposed to be a question um but it sounds like due to the um the situation that you grew up in with loving family, grandparents, and parents, it didn't matter how much money you had what mattered was like that you knew that they were going to be there,
1: yeah, absolutely i think i mean there's there's a few things to unpack there i I absolutely believe that what you know what I have is a God given talent. It is it is me. It is it, in yeah. every aspect of my personality, it's all come to a head for me to be a successful business owner, to be a leader, to to uh yeah, I mean to true truly be a leader in every sense of the word, from business to faith to being, uh, being a family man and, and how I, how I live my life, my, my principles. And then what, what helps is now in this, in this technology day and age, having an, and building an audience and sharing what I, you know, what I actually believe. And so whether I'm, I'm not forcing my, my thoughts, beliefs, leadership, anything on, on anybody, but what I'm saying is resonating with people. What I'm saying is relating with people, um, I do think that people over embellish sometimes having a, a a difficult and terrible come up. And look, at the end of the day, everybody has everybody has problems and everybody has stuff. I deal with problems all the time. I have insecurities. I have things that I am not good at. Things that I need to be better at. I was, uh, you know, misdiagnosed in college. They told me that I had ten years to live when I was twenty years old in college. Wow um was wild you know wildly underweight migraines every day not not processing and digesting food um you know doctors every single week every single weekend in and out of the hospitals all that stuff but still you know still a smile on my face still uh pushing forward and yeah along the way I did have um mentors and and uh you know I had people that believed in me and, and that were successful outside of just my parents, I, I would put myself in environments where, you know, I could, I'm a talker. And so if I found somebody, uh, and, I, and I would learn skills that were of value to people. So whether it was editing videos, whether it was creating, uh, you know, being able to, to design clothing and 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 actually produce, manufacture clothing, uh, whatever it may be at any point in time, I would offer these skill sets to people that I wanted to learn from and in return, ask for nothing. And what it turned into was me learning this 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 massive lesson in life, one of the most important lessons that I've learned to date, and I preach this all the time. If you want to see wild 100, 1,000, 10,000 X returns in your life, then give without asking for anything in return give out of the kindness of your heart, go and and really give value to people, learn a skill that you can, that you can give value to somebody. And in return, don't ask for anything. And what you're going to find is, uh, you know, after the first time, after the second time, after the third time, the, you know, the, these, these folks are going to come back to you and say, man, this is this, this this kid's amazing. This this young man right here has added a lot of value to my life. What what can I do to help you out? You want to learn about real estate? Let me tell you about real estate. Here's where you need to invest. Here's the secrets. And what I'm what you do there, you know, it, with mentors. And I tell the people this all the time: pay for mentors, or find mentors, or give value to mentors because these folks are going to give you ten years of of life experience and business experience or whatever you're trying to pursue. Dwindled down into only a couple hours of conversation. You will skip ten years of mistakes and hardship and all this stuff that they've learned by simply having mentors. So yeah, it was a combination of, uh, you know, I'm saying this in a in a longer roundabout way. A combination of having this God given talent, ha- finding mentors and taking these bits and pieces of knowledge. Like one of, one of the most important uh, pieces of knowledge that I learned from one of my mentors, who uh, my my first mentor that I really remember, you know, truly looking up to. And he, and he unfortunately killed himself when I was, um, I think it was 19 years old freshman in college. I came home from summer and he, he had taken his own life, but no, it's okay. He's, he's, he's a great dude. And, and, you know, we all just, we, we struggle and sometimes it's, it's, it's overwhelming for folks, but he was a fantastic be a business leader. Like he was a rock star. I think he sold the most houses for Keller Williams, uh, in the, in the United States with his team. And he was in Visalia, Tulare, California, middle of nowhere. Right. So he had built something special. And one thing he told me was take risks early and often at this age. Don't do not be afraid to fail. And, and I said, well, I don't have that much money. I don't have this. I don't, I don't really, I won't have a place to go. I'm already like going to probably have to move back in with my parents. So like, you know, I have a lot to lose. He goes, no, you have nothing to lose because you already know what it's like to, you you know what your baseline is. You know that you have a a family that's going to allow you to, to move back in. If, if shit hits the fan, you know that, um, you know, you, you know that what it's like to live frugally off of not too much money and how to, uh, you know, build businesses, scrappy guerrilla warfare style, you know, how to, you know, get in the trenches of these things and, 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 and go build a startup, build a business without having to go fundraise, you know, really just doing it by yourself. So all that to say, like, that was one of some of the, some of the biggest lessons I learned in this, in this pivotal part of my life, which would transition into, uh, you know, me being the the person that I am today.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. So that's, that's a lot. And, um, you know, I didn't want this podcast to be about nature versus nurture, obviously. Um, but thank you. Thank you for, thank you for indulging me there. Um, now let's, let's fast forward to around 2020, right? So, you know, how old are you, how old are you now? And then kind of give me an idea of like, from the time you graduated high school until 2020, when you really started to build a lot of momentum, what did, what did that time frame look like?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I'm 26 years old now. Um, okay. I I was just looking again at this picture. I, I I've got you know how iPhone uh, sends you recommended photos from from the past, and it's like, hey, here's here's a screenshot album from 2020. Well, on my birthday, March 29, 2021, was the day that I became a liquid millionaire. I had a I had a screenshot. It was a you know coincidentally. Uh, I was 23, turning 24 at the time, so that was uh, interesting. Interesting time there. But leading up to that, from from high school through college, I went to school at Cal Lutheran University to play soccer. Quit within the first couple of weeks. Just was so burnt out of of doing travel soccer for so long. Mm-hmm. Had dedicated my life to it. And to be honest with you, um, you know, I, I wanted to enjoy college. I wanted to enjoy the experience, meet new people, go to the parties, and and I didn't I didn't want to be um, have, you know, feeling like a force to play sports still. I had the option. I was on an academic, um, you know, uh, a form of an academic scholarship, but still had to, you know, obviously take out student loans. And this is right around the time that I found out that I was, I was sick, you know, like I'd already been underweight. I was always under undersized. And then we start going to different doctors and to, to make a long story short, we you know, it's, it was stomach diseases. It was liver diseases. It was autoimmune diseases and, um, and for for a short period of time there, um, I, I went to one of the ni- the nicest hospitals, uh, in in Los Angeles. I went to uh, C- Cedar Sinai, which is like pretty pretty world renowned hospital, and they did a liver biopsy. You know where they shoot a needle through your rib cage, pull a piece of your liver out, and and test it, and the diagnosis was um, a a very rare but uh, life threatening liver disease. With a uh, very low life expectancy, um, about, you know, anywhere between, I think it was like eight to 12 years, a- average of 10 years once you, once you find out that you have it. And so this, at this point, I am not really doing anything entrepreneurial. I am, I go into a rut. Um, I, I was sick, you know, um, feeling sick, looking sick depressed, you know, first time really dealing with depression, um, no, you know, started kind of reverting to drugs and alcohol because I just, you know, almost to, to really drown out the, the, the pain and like fear and all these things that I was experiencing. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult being that age and, and feeling like you had the world in front of you and then, you know, seeing your mom and dad just, you know, weeping over what, you know, what do we do? what do we do we don't we don't have the money to 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 pay for a bunch of these bills we don't know if this is right so we just we kept trying and kept trying and and really uh went down the route of of natural path you know um medicine and and more naturally healing your body started exploring different doctors and and the long story short was i was able to really um with diet brain training um you know going completely sober uh i I was able to 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 really get healthy for the first time in my life get very clear like clear brain i was dealing with such bad brain fog i didn't even know what it was i couldn't look people in the eyes i didn't i was spiraling down to this like this person that was just a sickly person and uh so once that kind of happened though uh and and then we we go to stanford and i got another diagnosis on the liver and he says no that's not what it is it's definitely some form of you know liver issues but you know you're I wouldn't put a ten year life expectancy on it. So now I've been given the second chance in my mind, right? Like this is this I've already started getting healthy. My brain's feeling good. My body's feeling good. I'm I'm not I'm you know, under the Belief that I'm not going to, uh, have a short life expectancy. So now I look at this as an opportunity. I'm like, I'm going to go get my master's degree. I'm going to start businesses. I'm going all in again. I, what, what happened to this passionate kid that was a business driven, you know, kid just a couple of years ago? And after that, I started working at a, um, it's called Hub 101, but it was an entrepreneurship center through our school. And so I was just working the front desk, but I was starting to get a lot to meet a lot of people that were building a lot of cool things, a lot of, Bad things, a lot of just building, and when you're around yeah. people like that, your your mind starts firing off ideas again. So I started building, you know, a, a couple of companies. I had like a little app that failed that was for people that had celiac disease. Um, I had a clothing company that failed that was for people that enjoy extreme sports, and uh, along the way, I'm also working odds and ends jobs. I was selling. Uh, you know, again, selling or helping with cold calling for a real estate agent. I was selling used cars at a Ford dealership and uh, was also working at a place, a restaurant called Wood Ranch, and and selling uh, and was serving takeout food. And this leads into uh, so I graduate in 2019. Do a do a jump in the MBA program. Uh, for for my degree was in international business. My my master's is in uh, enterprise innovation and entrepreneurship and I, they were trying to get me to do it for two years. And I'm like, can I just jam in as many classes as possible? Like, I just want to get done with this thing. I it's, it's been a goal of mine. I don't want to dilly dally and let's just do this. So I finished that in about a year. And that leads us into about March, 2020, uh, where I got laid off. My, my last job was, was serving the takeout food. So I got laid off doing that. Um, you know, we start getting in, luckily had EBT to kind of help with food because, because before we were just, you know, uh, eating food at the restaurant, you know, on our breaks just to, just to, you know, it was nice. It was a good gig. We, we weren't getting paid too much, but we were getting free chicken and and ribs. So it was nice. Uh, but so now I'm, I'm living in, in an apartment in Thousand Oaks. I've got, I don't know, five or six roommates. We're in a two bed kind of just rotating around. And, and I say that not in like a negative way. It was one of the best times of my life because, um, you're with your best friends, you're surfing, you don't have any responsibilities. I just finished my school. I got laid off, and we're all kind of sitting there like like this is kind of kind of the life a little bit you know and and I was so one of the one of the reasons why I think I was so successful during this time and and how I just won million x to my life was. I was so optimistic during a time when everybody was pessimistic. It was all about sitting around watching the news and complaining and watching Tiger King and we're all going to die and you can't travel ever again. And we're never going to be able to leave our house. I was on the exact opposite, you know, wavelength. I was on, Hey guys, let's go to the park today. Let's go throw the frisbee. Let's go, you know, let's go to the beach. Let's sneak down there when nobody's looking. You know, uh let's go grab grab a grab a uh a, a pack of beers, a football, and let's go have like let's enjoy this one time where we may not you know, we may not ever be living in a time like this again. In fact, yeah. one of the reoccurring recurring thoughts that was happening in my head was which which really helped me transition into going all in on business during this time, was this is the first opportunity in my lifetime and very likely your lifetime and maybe in in, in my kids' lifetime where the world is standing still and the level the the playing field is level. And so when I recognized that the that the playing field was level and that everybody was kind of sitting around doom and gloom and you know not not working. I saw it as the opportunity to get the biggest leg up on any competition that that anybody can have right now, and and legitimately above everybody else. I, I do remember this vi- very vividly. One day, uh, I kind of we get back from hanging out, uh, all my buddies that were, were surfers, lifeguards, didn't go to college. You know, uh, they 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 really had no inve- uh, uh In my opinion, that. They were not the investor, day trader, stock market type of, of people. I've known them my whole life now, and and I'm like, this is not you. But they they come up to me asking me about investing and trading in stocks. I'd I'd always been involved in in the markets. I'd always been interested in real estate and stocks and crypto. So I had my finger on the pulse, but I wasn't by any means the greatest trader of all time. Well, they start asking me, hey, well, we got fourteen hundred dollars. We got a stimulus check. Let's how do we get rich? And it clicked for me. How many other people are thinking this exact same thing? How many other people can I relate to that are wondering, what can we do with our money? We have an opportunity here. They, they're recognizing it. And so that's when I started uh, my first uh, business with a partner of mine. It was it was an online tr- community around that was based around investing, trading, stocks, crypto, all things like that. It was a low ticket subscription, so it was like anywhere between $20-40-60 a month. And we were just essentially connecting people that were experts in the equities markets with people that wanted to learn about you know about trading and being the arbitrator just being the middleman and so the way and i started driving traffic and building you know that's how i got my name mr four to eight was because i was now all of a sudden trading stocks from pre-market opening from 4 a.m to when the after hours were closed at 8 p.m so i was mr 4 a.m to 8 p.m that's where the name comes from and so, yeah, that, that built out that business ended up going on and d- making a lot, a lot of money. But I unfortunately was kind of bullied out of that business. And, um, it was, you know, I, w- I get a letter from a lawyer that says it's a now a single member LLC. Um, you know, this kid was my best friend. Now we, we, we don't talk anymore. And I, and, and quite honestly, I built a, that was an eight figure business that I built that I didn't basically get any, any money from. So that was brutal. So I went on and built another one, the exact same model. Did it? Did it again? And built another multi-seven-figure business doing the exact same thing. And that's when I began uh, investing in real estate, scaling. Uh, I tried, you know, and we, we can get into more weeds, but that's kind of the gist of yeah. of how this whole thing took off. And and then it, we that's how the real estate thing ended up starting as well.
0: Yeah. So if I were to synapse that. Covid gave you a time to just be and think, and then you created out of that. Obviously, like if you were busy doing takeout food, you wouldn't have the maybe the mental bandwidth to to get that creativity. So in a lot of ways, it was a gift to you. And so you you took that time, you created this uh, stock market arbitrage model, and because you built it from scratch, you knew how to build another another product just like it. Yep. And so I mean that's a good thing like you know there's a lot of things that lawyers can take from you but what's between your ears and what's <laughs> in your heart they can't take that. Right. So it sounds like you made the you made a lemonade out of some sour lemons. Yeah man. So um that's good stuff. So so now you're in the short-term rental space. You're in the Airbnb space. So this is what 2122
1: yeah twenty twenty one's when i started getting into short term rentals and not and not just short term rentals i started with section eight single family investing duplexes um you know anything just long term rentals in general just with not section eight normal yeah. uh clients or n- normal uh um I'm wanting to say like hosting and guesting. Now that I'm so in this short-term rental space, but yeah, your normal everyday folk living in long-term rentals. But it it, it, it was not for me. Um, I still I still own those properties. They still cash flow, but it wasn't the cash flow that I was looking for. I'm somebody that was now in a you know recognizing the position that I'm in. There's a lot of people that get rich. From tech and from and from building companies, but there's not a lot of people that become wealthy after that. If that makes sense, and I didn't want to be one of those. I knew that my lifestyle that I wanted to live would cost about you know living in Southern California, living in Florida, or you know Mm -hmm. having this lifestyle I wanted was going to cost me about fifty thousand dollars a month. My dream lifestyle, right? And then that that includes me really going down to the nitty gritty. Writing down how many kids I want to have, what kind of school they want to go to, how much it's going to cost, how much is a car payment going to be, how much is my mortgage with you know this and that. So I really wrote out what my life wants to you know what I want to look like. Ideally, I I want to make as much money as possible, just because the more money I make, the more I can give, the more I can create, the you know a lot of those things. But this was the baseline. So how do I now transition, knowing that this business, you know, the, the stock market world that I was in may not last forever. Um, where, do, where do you go from here? And on top of that, by the way, they're expecting me to pay millions and millions of dollars of taxes every single year. So my answer to this was investing in short-term rentals and building a, and, and really building a portfolio that's going to mitigate my taxes, create massive cash flow, create appreciation. Sorry, let me mute this phone. Um, create appreciation for me, uh, and also be building equity so I can do cash out refinances and and then go get more and more properties down the line. So this was my my coup de gras. This was my winner. Uh, my 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 horse that was winning the race and and it has not st- uh, steered me wrong yet. We built out an amazing business, own some amazing properties, rental arbitrage on a lot of properties as well, and it has been without a doubt the the reason why I'm so passionate about it besides all the money stuff is I've been able to buy my time back. When I was doing the stock stuff and building that business, I was very happily not in great shape again. Uh, I was very happily not eating all the time, very happily not sleeping all the time because I was in grind mode. I was in trench mode. Uh, and I was trading time for money on a different scale. And you have to recognize that sometimes you just have to do that in order to get to where you want to be so a couple years of grinding and then a couple years of good investing and now i've set myself up for the, for the rest of my life so that's it, i wouldn't take back anything that i did or any way that i chose to invest and i just hope to continue to build out an airbnb model and and coach and teach more people about this because uh there is this is an opportunity that, that i truly wholeheartedly believe is not going anywhere
0: so w- do you mind like going into a deal or maybe your first sure. deal, like, did you start out, um, and buy your first property or did you start out in arbitrage and tell me a little bit about like maybe your, your favorite deal or a deal that didn't go well. Um, in either one of those two, two scenarios.
1: Sure. And and this is uh, going over short term rentals, correct?
0: Yeah. Short term rentals yep. for sure. Okay.
1: So I, you know, one thing that I know my, uh, a lot of, online, uh, creators and gurus and and coaches, they really want to try and relate with you by kind of saying, Hey, this is where I was at. I started with zero. Then I got my first property. I house hacked. I got a three, 3.5% on the FHA, right? Mine's going to be not as relatable, but I've learned to invest in many different styles. But, but the true honest story is I was already a, um, a multimillionaire liquid when I began investing in short-term rentals, I had been investing in real estate before uh, and buying these cheaper properties. But this was—I I, I had an idea in my head of what I wanted to do. I wanted to invest in luxury short-term rentals because I had—I was in a very unique position. I have the capital to do so. I have extremely high cash flow coming in every single month from you know my other businesses and, and ventures and social media. So I could go quantity over quality, or I can go quality. Over quantity. And so I opted for the, the latter and I began investing out of state. I'd already been investing in North Carolina for my short, my long-term rentals. So I tried my hand at Florida and my first deals, uh, were, I, I, I bought them in 2021 within just a couple days of each other. They were, they're actually, uh, next door to each other. There's one house in between them, but they're, they're two houses down from each other. I found an area that I liked, which was this panhandle of Florida because people had been, you know, I, st- this is, I did not just go to, let me put it in perspective. I didn't just go spend a bunch of money, you know, hundreds of thousands, or I think I ended up probably coming out of pocket over a million dollars on those two properties. Um, I did not just willy-nilly choose a location, you know, throw a dart at the wall. I was paying for the top mentors in in the short-term rental space to coach me and guide me and walk me through how to do research. I'd been doing this for over a year. So I, I had already been, Every single day, or at least a couple times a week, looking and and scouting for properties, knowing what the end goal was, and I wanted to be able to do it by myself, so that I could, you know, not have to. the The goal with mentorship and and with with anything is to give a man, uh, you know don't, don't give a man a fish, teach him, teach him how to fish so that they can do it forever. And so, and so I wanted to learn how to fish, not only just fish, I wanted to cast out nets everywhere and start making some real money. So, uh, you know, once I learned about this market in the panhandle of Florida, I, I find two opportunities that I just, I couldn't pass up. It was scary. I was terrified. I remember feeling so, so, so sick Not sending over the money for the wire, but sending over the offers or accepting the offers to go under contract. Because I think one of the houses was one point. uh, They wanted two point one, and I got it for one point six seven or one point six nine. I could butcher the numbers. And then the other one was they wanted three point two, and I got it for two point. Gosh, I can't remember two point seven, two point eight, something along there. Um, And. You know, and my terms weren't great because at the time I didn't have two years of tax history. So I've got to go do creative financing in a time where people are getting 3% interest rates. I'm at five and a half percent interest rates. I don't know anything really too much about where the interest market's going to go. And so I'm making this big bet on my life, but I kept thinking over and over to that, that quote that my original mentor had said, take Big risk, you know, big, take big risks early and make sure that they're calculated, though, right? And so this was a very calculated risk. Bought these two properties. One of them ends up being my best property ever. One of them ends up being my worst headache and my worst nightmare I've ever had in my yeah. life. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's, and that's, that helped grow my thesis out to, uh, you know, kind of like what you do with your, with your investing, choosing a couple of core locations, building up the right teams, operations and everything there so that I'm not spending my whole days man- managing Airbnbs. I, you know, between hiring out my mom and my dad and, and other people in our business, I, I may be, you know, having to handle 15 to 20 minutes of, of making big decisions each week and everything else is, is automated.
0: Yeah. So which one of those two was your best producer?
1: The best producer was the more expensive one. It's, it's, you know, comes up on the first page on Airbnb. They use it. VRBO uses it for ads. Like it's a absolutely gorgeous house. It's already appreciated in value just based on, um, you know, what, what, what we're seeing in the area with sales and stuff. It's, it's appreciated probably about 700 to $800,000, um, just in a, in a couple of years. And, uh, And it makes three hundred and about seven. Is it three hundred seventy thousand or close to four hundred thousand a year? That property. So in revenue, uh, gross revenue. The other property had was was um, horror story time. Had a pool on the roof, and that house we for the last two years to make a very long and expensive and nightmare nightmare uh, story story uh, small, It we could not ever get it to, to hold water. It always leaked. No matter what we did, we tried everything. I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on this, not including the $10,000 a month mortgage and expenses to keep the lights on while this property is not renting. We remodeled a lot of things in the house. Um, you know, I'm into this house for a lot of money and couldn't get it to work. So finally, what we just did is we... We we went over the pool like we literally just went over it built a deck outside so now it's a deck over top of a pool um, what that was one of the big selling factors of the house but the great news is it is in an area where people get together with a lot of families and they come all year long except for one to two months out of the year and this house is one of the few that sleeps I think it has seven seven bedrooms um, which is, which is big sleeps, you know, in the mid twenties, 20, 24, 25 people. So that's, that's the good news about this property. Uh, and, and so we expect in this next year, now that we're, we just went live with it, it's already getting a lot of bookings. It's not making as much as we, uh, pro forma, obviously, because it doesn't have a pool on the roof anymore, but we did add some really cool features to it. Um, but you know, that's, that's the, that's the true risk of, of this business. And if I did not have a high cash flowing business to, to fund this, this operation, I was like, I wasn't feeling honestly, like with the capital that I was bringing in, I wasn't feeling the hit every single month, but I just know that a lot of people, you know, 99% of people would have, would have not been able to keep the house. So uh, good Uh, lesson um, there. Don't buy it. Don't buy a pool on a roof of a house. (laughs) Unless
0: it's contained. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good advice. So fast forward to today, how many how many properties you have today?
1: And so give us
0: an idea of like what, what your what your revenues are from just from a short term rental standpoint.
1: Right. Yeah. So uh so there was a point in this um so one of the things that I do also is teach people about Airbnbs, right? And how to do a lot of different things from co-hosting to Airbnb rental arbitrage to purchasing properties. I'm in a position now where I no longer do the, the co-hosting. I, I never personally did co-hosting, but I don't do the arbitrage anymore. I have no uh, arbitra- active arbitrage properties because it no longer makes sense for me to go acquire properties. are going to make me just nickels and dimes um, in, in the grand scheme of, of what I'm building out right now. Um, And, but, but it is a great way for people to get started. So I do teach, teach about all of it. But as of now, from the ownership side of things, I own, uh, I own 10, is it 10 or 11 now? Ten or eleven, ten, ten or eleven short term rentals. With one that's uh, a new build that's in, in the Smoky Mountains that's going to be finished in the next two three weeks, and so that'll go live as well. And then I'm under contract currently for a project I can't speak too much on, but if it goes through, uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be pretty major. It's it's a um, it's a sh- essentially sh- it, we're going to run it like it's short term rentals, but it's a boutique hotel, so it'll be my first actual hotel. Um, and then oh, and then you and I co-list that that property that I own as well. So I'm in that I think at eleven ish range. We'll call it eleven ish. I haven't I haven't uh, checked the numbers in a while, but uh, from from a yeah from a revenue perspective, uh, these properties bring in a total of two point two million dollars per year in revenue. Um, wow. And then my from a profit perspective, uh, they so that's about a hundred well, hundred seventy five thousand dollars a month in revenue. Then our our operating profit every single month is anywhere between seventy to eighty thousand dollars on average during the summer months. we're going to have these big months of like 120, 130,000 in the winter months. You have months that you know barely make anything but on average we're in that set about seventy five thousand a month profit range.
0: What an incredible business and then obviously you get depreciation and principal pay down and that's just the cash flow part of it right right and so you got appreciation in that too so. You know, obviously, you've got an incredible gift for communication and teaching. Um, and this has been an awesome time. If folks want to get in touch with you, like you teach a lot about short-term rental arbitrage, you teach a lot about short-term rental acquisition, how to like how to properly decorate it, communicate the whole nine yards, A to Z. You can teach people how to get into this business, and that's a big part of your business today. So if people want to get in touch with you and learn more, what would be the best ways to do that?
1: Yeah, the best way without a doubt would be um, reaching out to me on Instagram. You can find me at Mr. Four to Eight. That's spelled out M-R-F-O-U-R-T-O-E-I-G-H-T. I answer personally, answer all of my direct messages. So I see everything. I hear everything. And yeah, I mean, my, my goal now is to help as many folks that are unhappy or let me, let me, let me change this. My goal is to help as many folks that have, that are working nine to five jobs that are currently trading time for money. I want to help them buy their time back so that they can do whatever it is that they want. For me, I want to, today, when we get off this call, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to create some content. I'm going to go surfing, go hang out with a buddy. I have a, a doctor's appointment today in, in LA. So I, I have this free time that I'm able to do what it is that I want. And I want other people to be able to experience this. And the amazing thing is, you're only one Airbnb away, one to two Airbnbs away from absolutely changing your life. And I and I mean that wholeheartedly. I've seen it happen over and over again. I've taught thousands of students. This is, this is real. It's very possible. What, just imagine what getting, whether it's through co-hosting and just taking 20% and doing the legwork and that's no risk to you or doing rental arbitrage. You can start with just a couple thousand dollars. You don't need great personal credit and you can rent out a property, sublease it on Airbnb and take all the profit in between. Make an extra two thousand a month. Make an extra four thousand dollars a month. That literally would have helped me out so much in a time where I've been where you're at. I'm I, I'm not, I don't come from a wealthy family. I don't come from um, you know having a ton. But and so I know what it's like to be in a position where an extra two three thousand dollars a month would literally help me eat, would help me pay for rent, and then have some extra money to go invest in whatever I'd like to or or put it to work, right? And so th- this is the journey that I'm on. This is the mission that I preach. And along the way, I hope that you know people. Uh, I I do share my lifestyle. I share the things that I'm interested in as well. And I hope that they, you know, just enjoy my message. And if I can continue to just change a couple people's lives, uh, you know, at a time, then then I'm going to do so.
0: Man, it sounds like your heart's definitely in the right place. If you can, if you can just allow people to experience a a touch of what you've experienced and maybe more, and maybe exactly what you've experienced, you want to touch as many people as you possibly can, which is a great heart. Um, you know, a lot of folks get into this just for, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to achieve this financial goal. But at the end of the day, it can, it can sometimes be a little empty. But it sounds like, you know, you've got more than a one pronged goal. Like one of your goals is to actually help as many people as you possibly can, which is, that's incredible. Great heart, man.
1: I appreciate it, Mark.
0: Yeah, you're definitely welcome. Man, this has been an absolute pleasure, and um, it's it's been great. And thank you for your time. And uh, let's talk again
1: soon. Sounds good, brother. Thank you.
0: See you, bud. Thank you for listening, and don't forget about the tools available to subscribers: the property manager self assessment tool, my property upgrade walkthrough list or the chance to feel like a millionaire for the weekend by checking out one of our own properties in person. It's all available on our website, www.goodendeavorstrshow.com.